Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. I want to share some things with you today that, that I really believe are incredibly important for us to understand as a church. And so it's so, so very, very important that we understand why we do church the way that we do, what is the model of church, and how it can benefit you. I titled today's message, Created for Community, We Are Better Together. Because I believe that you and I are better when we are in relationship with one another. Do you agree with me? We really are better together. Listen, this small group launch today is so important, I'm going to preach shorter today. That's how important it is. <laughs> okay, knock it off, all right? Okay. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach shorter because I want to give you some time to step out in the atrium, to walk around, look, look around the different groups that we have. We are going to be launching our small groups. It's for 10 weeks. It's not for 10 years. It's for 10 weeks. And I want to share with you some amazing things today that I believe God wants to deposit in your heart, lift your spirit so you can understand, you know what? Small groups actually aren't that bad. They're life-giving. They're, they're full of life for me because this is what I know. God didn't save you to be alone. He didn't save you to be alone. He saved you and called you by the, by, by the blood of his son to bring you into his family to be a part of a local church. And for you, you're here, you're, you're part of what's called Faith Bible Chapel. And it's so important that not only do you come and worship together with your family, that you also are in a small group together with your family. It's, it's, why, it's what I absolutely believe what scripture teaches us. And so you may not have a biological family here at the church. You may not have um, a brother or a blood brother, a blood sister, or a mom or a dad, but according to Scripture, when you receive the gift of salvation from, from God through His Son, Jesus Christ, you become a part of a family. You automatically get brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and moms and dads and grandma and grandpas because we are a part of the family of God. You come in and you sit down, you're part of His family, Jesus sits at the head, and you're sitting at a table with God's family, you are equal. We are one among equals as we serve and love each other. So you are a part of God's family. Amen? Amen. And I hope you understand that and get that today because I believe this. I, I, I believe that God never intended you to face your problems alone. Just you and Jesus. You think, no, Jay, I don't need anybody. I just need my Bible and Jesus and my podcast and my Christian television. That, that sounds great, except it's not even in the Bible. You need people in your life. And I want you to leave today with an understanding. You know what, Jason? I, I get you. I hear you. Now, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to challenge you that you could take a step. God has done a lot in our, in our family's um, lives here at the church, and all of us, speaking of a church family, through our small groups. We've had over 800 people involved in small groups. You're known and you know someone else. You've served, and we're launching again for 10 weeks of a powerful time for us to be together. And so I just want to encourage you. I want to answer, answer a couple questions today, this morning, that, uh, that probably all of us have. Why a small group, and how will it benefit you? Again, God never intended you to walk this road alone. The fact is this, the first thing that God said to man when he created man was this, it's not good for man to be alone. 
Now, whether you ever get married or married again is irrelevant to why God created you and made you. The issue is you need people in your life. You need relationships because you are better together. God created us with community burned in our DNA. He called us to be a part of a family. So this whole small group thing today, it's, it's not a new idea. It's not something that the modern church made up. It's something that's biblical. And we here at Faith strive our best um, to, to, to model church and to do church the, be, the way that the Bible does it. I think that's a pretty good idea. I mean, in my, my mind, I, that we would follow the Bible for church, whoever thought. But anyway, we're doing that. And so the whole idea, you need to know this, the first Jesus-centered church happened 2,000 years ago. And it was birth, and I'll talk about it in just a moment. But this is the truth. They followed the same model that we're following. Acts 5.42 says this, speaking of the, of the church that was born day after day in the temple courts. So that's the large group worship. Temple courts, that's what we're doing today and what we do on first Wednesday, they gathered. And from house to house, that is a small group fellowship. So you have large group worship and small group fellowship. They never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. That's what we're to be doing. We're to be meeting together in large groups, worshiping God together, receiving encouragement from the Word of God. But then we are to be going deeper in relationships and in the Word of God through our small groups. And so this is what we're striving to do. This verse contains the structure of which we here at the church at Faith we're built on. We do the exact same thing, large group worship, small group fellowship. And so we meet just like the Bible did. So why small group? And here's the question. We find the why of small groups in Acts chapter 2. And I want to read this to us. This is the, the, the foundation of our verse today. And I'm going, to be, I'm going to be done in about 20 minutes. And then Pastor Mark is going to come up and share some other things about our small group launch that's happening out in the atrium. So if you could just hang on tight, you could be with me and just throw in a couple amens so I know you're listening just for everyone. Everybody says? Come on, that's good. See, I love it. I love it. Okay, here we go. Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves, speaking of the church. So if you were to take yourself 2,000 years ago, boom, you're in Jerusalem. Guess what? They would be writing about you because you're followers and believers in Jesus. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Again, there's your large group worship. The apostles' teaching is not me. I'm not an apostle. You know, I, I didn't write the Bible. I didn't see Jesus. That's part of the requirements for that. But my job is to teach what the apostles taught and to teach the whole of Scripture. So I teach the apostles' teachings to you. And in fellowship, we get that in our small groups, large, large group Large group worship, small group fellowship. Okay, so they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. It goes on to say, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, large group worship, and they broke bread in their homes, small group fellowship. And ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So, well, Jason, why do we have to do it that way? Because if you want, if you want biblical results, you need to walk in a biblical model. That's just the way it is. I want all, I want God to do miracles in our midst. I want God to, to, for us to serve one another and, 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 and really be the church that God's called us to be. I want God to add to our numbers daily. So since we want these things in our church, what we're going to do is we're going to actually do the biblical model of church that got these results. Amen? 
So it makes, it makes really perfect sense. I think we make church so complicated and so mysterious and what church and we're talking about. No, no, just do what the Bible says and you will see biblical results in the community that God's called you to be a part of. So the truth is this. We're not going to access and walk in the spiritual life that God has for us as individuals unless we have these elements in our lives. This is just the reality. It's just the way the Bible works. And these are things that keep us growing, they keep us challenged, they keep us a part of, of, of one another, and they allow us to be everything that God's called us to be. So, how do we get these elements in our lives? Well, I'll tell you this, you get them through small groups. Everybody say small groups. So why small groups? I'm going to give you five um, practical things of why we do small groups. Number one, we do small groups so that we can study the Bible with others. Huh, interesting, huh? Study the Bible. Well, duh, Jason. Yes, I know, but you need to understand this is why we get together and we open up scriptures. Now, next week, I'm launching um, a campaign, a two-month, nine-week campaign, which is about walking us through the book of Hebrews. The whole purpose of the book of Hebrews is to elevate Jesus. We're going to ask the question, is Jesus better? We're going to be looking at, is Jesus better than the law? Is Jesus better than anything the world has to offer us? Is Jesus better than, than returning to our old sin? Is Jesus better than wealth or, the, or prestige or power? We're going to look at, is Jesus better? And we're, what we're going to find is that the author of Hebrews said, listen, you fix your eyes on Jesus. Jesus, and you look to him. He's the author of your faith. Jesus is superior. He's better than anything else in your life that you could pursue or try to get after. Jesus is better. And at the end of the nine weeks, we're going to all celebrate and be like, yes, our Jesus is. And we're going to be studying that together through the book of Hebrews in our small group. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's what they did. So you gathered and they studied the word of God. When you study the Bible with other people, there's a benefit of that. People, I don't want to, no, I know everything. No, I know everything. I read a blog and that blogger knows everything. No, they don't. They don't. You, you need, you need to, to have people studying the Bible with you because you're, they're going to see things about Scripture that you didn't see. They're going to have walked through something in their life that you haven't walked through. And they, they have used this Scripture in a certain situation. That gave them victory, that allowed them to overcome something. And so we're going to learn from one another because we have different perspectives on how we see Scripture. We, we see, it, it depends on our experience. It depends on, yeah, but no, I grew up in this denomination and they know everything. Oh, okay. That's why there's 47 denominations in, in, in the United States. We can actually grow and learn from each other. Some of the best learning for me as a, as a pastor, as a minister, is that I've served in a Presbyterian church. I've served in a Baptist church. I've served in non-denominational churches. I've served in crazy charismatic churches. I have learned something from all of them. I, I have. I've gleaned from it because, oh, I really, I really like how, that's, how, you, how you really value this area of God or the Word of God. I've grown from them, and I've learned from different perspectives, and so can you. And so whether someone, they, they could be a male or a female. How many know this? Perspectives of a male and female are different. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Woo. Felt the Holy Spirit on that one. We're different. And so when you study the Bible with someone of, of the opposite sex, you're able to, to see how God has spoken to them through that verse, and you're like, you know what? I didn't see it that way. 
I didn't see it that way. And all of us men are going to finally realize all the women are right anyway. So that's okay. And all the women say? Amen. Okay, good. All right. But you need people (laughs) to see things differently than how you see them. So yes, you should read the Bible and study it on your own, but you should also grow with others in the Word of God together. Another benefit of being in a small group is number two, you learn to love others. You learn to love others. How many here could say that you could grow in this area? Come on, raise your hand. Let's be honest. Come on. We could all grow in this area. All of us. And small groups helps us to learn how to love other people. It's the second purpose of the small group according to Scripture. We practice learning how to love through small groups. Small groups help us grow in learning and and viewing, seeing other people. This is really important. It's important for you to be around people that are different than you. I know some of us think, yeah, boy, this world would be a much better place if more people were like me. Then everybody would be okay. This world would be amazing. And someone else is like, oh, please, Lord, let it not happen. Because we're the body of Christ. Iron sharpens iron. We need each other. We need each other's perspectives. And when you have different perspectives, you learn how to love someone that might have a different opinion than yours. It's important that we grow in this. One day, Jesus was asked by a religious leader. He said this. The religious leader said, what's the most important commandment that I, that, that, that I can do? And Jesus said this. Love God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So what was God saying? So God was saying this. He wants us to learn how to love God. He wants us to learn how, how to love others. And he wants us to learn how to love ourselves. So we know this, that you can learn those three things in the context of relationships through small groups. If you want to be and, uh, stronger in your faith and grow in your relationship with God, get in a small group. It's an invitation from the Lord to be a part. It's not 10 years. It is only 10 weeks. We can't learn to love unless you're around people that you can actually practice loving on them. You're, and I, I've heard it before. People say, listen, I love them, but I sure don't like them. That's okay. Just don't tell them, okay? Just love them and serve them. And you're going to find yourself actually beginning to see people the way that Jesus sees them. You're going to find yourself growing in your faith. Because what happens is, is in, in real religious people, religiosity type of folks who are, you know, it, they're like, well, I'm holy, therefore I cannot be around anyone who, who does not, you know, speak in King James and, and doesn't pray and fast 40 days. And I'm sorry, I can't be around these, these other people. Well, that's, that sounds really cool, and, and you sound really holy. And other religions do the same thing. The holy man separates himself from, from evil humanity, and he goes up in a little um, area on a mountain somewhere, and he doesn't talk for seven months, and they just study, and they just read philosophy. And that sounds great, except Jesus blew up that whole myth 100%. He didn't say separate yourself. He said, no, for believers, you, no, no, you need to get in the midst of people. It's, it's not about being in a cave and not touching evil and not touching, oh, I can't, no, no, I can't be around nasty humanity. No, Jesus said, Jesus came and he was in the marketplace. He rubbed shoulders with, with the hurting and the broken and those who, who were different than him. He was in the home. He was in the small group. Why? Because you can't learn to love by yourself all alone with only three other people around you that you watch the same DVDs for the last 20 years. It's just not going to happen. 
We need to grow. We need to learn who has God put in our church for me to love. And the only way you can learn to love is to be around other people. Amen? Listen, it's easy to love people like you. I can understand that because you're cool. And you don't have any faults. You don't have any hang-ups. You don't have any weird habits. You don't. You don't have any fears. You're really easy to love. But the person next to you, they are a mess. And we need to learn to love them. Amen? All right. We study the Bible together. We learn to love one another. This third one is, as I believe, is the one closest to the heart of God. Number three, we get to eat together. I'm just telling you. Come on. Can I get a witness on that one? Hallelujah. We get to eat together. Jason, is that really in the Bible? Yes, it is. Acts chapter 2, they, again, they say this. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Listen, this is why the church grew so much, because they were eating so much. That's just how it happened right there. Just kidding. We eat together in small groups. It's part of what we do. Let's get together. Let's have some food, have some coffee, and let's grow together. Let's study the Word of God together. We are in a Bible-believing church, so since they did it, they ate together, we're going to do the same thing here. That's just the way it is. It's interesting, though, when you study the life of Jesus and how he interacted with his disciples, most of his most revolutionary teaching happened around food. So why is that? Why, why is eating important when you gather together with people? Why? Because it's, it's, a, it's a time that people relax. When you begin to eat, you relax. Your defenses go down. You're, you're more open to receive in conversation. You're more open to receive when you study the Word of God. And so this is one of the things, if you join a small group, you're going to be a part of eating. Everybody says amen. amen. All right, number four. Why do we do small groups here at Faith? Is number four. We do them so we can pray for each other. We need to pray for one another. That's why it says in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to prayer. It's the greatest thing in the world. I know it is for my life, but when you know that other people are praying for you, it's the greatest thing. You just feel the support. You feel the strength of it. When I receive a text, hey, Jason, I'm praying for you today. Or when I hear, hey, hey, Jason, um, just so you know, you're on my mind, I'm praying for you. What I try to do is, is God lays people on my heart and I pray for them. I shoot them a text, hey, praying for you today. My leaders, I want them to know, hey, I'm praying for you today. Hey, believe in God's best for your life. The people that I'm around a lot, I, I pray for them because it's important. And it's, it, we grow and we spend time together and pray. In small groups, that you, you come together. And you pray together as a small group, and you pray for your small group as an individual. You pray together corporately, and you pray for them on your own. You pray for the people in your small group. Jesus said this, when you, when you do this, something amazing happens. Now think about this. Jesus said, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in their midst. That's pretty amazing. And so Jesus likes to show up. At small groups in a very intimate, powerful, unique way, differently than how sometimes we, we interact with God here corporately in a larger setting. It also, though praying together helps us in small groups, helps us to carry out Galatians 6.2, which is this. Carry, this is the instructions from Paul to the Christians in, in uh, Galatia, is this. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, 
You will fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, you will do what God has created you to do. Carry each other's burdens. It doesn't say judge each other. It doesn't say treat each other mean. It doesn't say to, to, uh, to be nasty to someone. It doesn't, doesn't say when someone doesn't see things the way you see them to rebuke them or the, tell them I don't like your shirt and I don't like your hat and you should wear a hat when you pray. And you should Listen, forget all of that junk, please, and pray for them. Carry each other's burdens. Hey, what can I pray for you about? What can I help you carry this week? When's the last time you asked someone that? Small groups gives us the opportunity to do that. And even, even if you're like, Jason, I don't know how to pray. That's totally okay. Just be there together and just, just have, listen to other people pray. When, when they want you to pray, just, no, that, that's okay, pass. You can say that. Or if you want to, if you just want to be really good, say, yes, I'll pray. Lord, this small group is awesome, and I thank you for them. Amen. They will love you if you just pray that. That will be great. But the fifth thing on why we do small groups here at Faith is number five. According to Scripture, we do them to encourage each other, to strengthen each other, to lift up each other. We help each other out. Basically, what I'm saying is this, is to encourage someone, it means that you stop looking at you and you start saying, how can I strengthen them? How can I help them go through this week? What can I do for them? We give of what we have. It might be a word. It might be time. It might be groceries. It might be a prayer. It might be a phone call. It might be just just letting them know, hey, I'm thinking of you today. Might be a text, whatever it may be. When you come together, you encourage. The small groups are, you encourage each other when you're together and when you're separate. You speak into each, each other's lives. So in Acts 2.42, it says this. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. This is about, for a small group, bringing a meal to someone when, they, when they're having a busy time or when someone's sick. You bring them a meal. You show up. Maybe it's going shopping for someone because you know their, their life is, is crazy right now. Hey, listen, I'm at the grocery store. Can I pick some groceries up for you? This is what it's about. It's about doing life with each other. It's about maybe helping someone move. And you've been hiding this whole time because you have a pickup truck and you don't want people to know it. Well, now it's time that you use it, okay? <laughs> Amen. I saw a bumper sticker. It says, yes, this is my truck. And no, you cannot use it to move, actually. <laughs> Unless you're my small group. It didn't say that part, but anyway. But this is, this is just this is how you encourage each other. You're just there. Hey, can I help you do this? Can I help you paint your deck? Can I help you? Whatever. Whatever it may be, this is how you encourage one another. So in order for us as a church to be all that I believe that God's called us to be, we've got to think outside of ourselves. We've got to think, you know, most of the conversations that I would have, not, sorry, not most, many of the conversations I have from people in our church are people who are worried about who? Them. But I don't, I want it this way, or I'd like it that way. You know, if we would do it this way, then I would feel, and it was like, it's like every, it's like I, 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 I. Great. Small groups helps you get, stop looking at you and be like, Lord Jesus, my master, my savior, who redeemed me and saved me, that I don't deserve anything that I have. How can I serve someone else? Imagine a church 
where individuals are more concerned about other people's needs being met than their own. You know what that would be called? That would be called a church that is exploding, is what that would be called. I'm telling you it is. That's why churches that are tiny and dying, you know what they do? They, they're, just, they're just worried about them. We four and no more. Our music, our walls, our altar, our pews, our my seat. Amen? They didn't get that small because they were worried about reaching out and serving people. They got that small because they turned inward and only focused on them. Small group unlocks something in all of our lives so that we can be the church that God's called us to be. And this is what I believe God wants for us. This is what I believe God wants for you. And I just want to encourage you today to consider being in a small group, taking a risk. I'm not saying it's, it's not a risk, but being in a small group, taking a step. I, I, I'm really, I've really been praying in my own heart that the Lord would raise up people in our church who would be champions to serve other people. I really have been. People who, when they open their mouth, it's not about them, it's about, hey, I really wanna reach some new people. I really wanna serve my community. I really wanna see our church grow. And I believe the Lord's longing for that. Whole, whole, the whole premise of being a leader in the church of Jesus Christ is to be a servant. What does a servant do? It worries about the needs of other people around them. God wants to, wants to, wants to flip the narrative of, of some things in our church that go from what about me to what about that lost person who's dying and going to hell? What, 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 what about that family that just walked in and they look like they, they don't know, you know where, where the bathroom is? I'll go help them. What, what, about, what about, you know, this music, I, man, this, this worship is music, this connects with a generation that doesn't know Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful that we're singing songs that are birthed and written by our own pastors and our own leaders that are reaching a generation that needs Jesus. This is what Jesus wants to do. How would Jesus consider leading a group of people? Well, he, would, he showed us, the disciples. He, he said it, that I came to this world to serve it. I came into this world not to have some position of power, but I came for the hurting, for the broken, for the sick. That's why he came. If we could get the heart of Jesus, man, I'll tell you what, we would explode as a church. I promise you we would. And so that's my challenge. Can we take that step together as a church? Get in a small group to make a decision that we're gonna, we're gonna serve one another. We're gonna, we're gonna be, we're gonna carry each other's burdens. We're gonna be the church that Jesus has called us to be. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.